This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, I'm gonna share it right away. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Fucking giggle box uh, over there. That's how we're starting the show. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Wisco Fanatics, uh, Packers Friday Night Edition. We are joined by everybody's favorite, Simon and not Bryant. Oh, okay. um, sorry, man. I, dude, I like giving you digs, man, because you take it and you give it back. So it's it's just fun for me. Uh, no, we welcome Bryant and Simon, obviously. Uh, haven't had a Packers episode in a while. So I've uh, been waiting for this one, looking forward to it. A lot of chat on uh, our back chat, waiting for this. So I wanted to ask you guys, did you guys see ESPN's top 10 running backs list today? Yeah, it was garbage. I didn't see the list, but I heard that Aaron Jones is not on it, and I just don't understand it. Yeah, so it pissed me off. Uh, A lot of people were sharing sharing stuff. Uh, Big B on Instagram, he's pretty active on there. And um, who am I thinking of? Wild, uh, crazy eye. Who am I thinking of? Can't think. Ramage. Ramage. Man, Ramage. That's pretty. That's pretty rude that that's your association. Listen, I I got a crazy eye too, so I feel like crazy (laughs) eyes stick together. So I'm cool with it. He's fine. He makes fun of himself for yeah. it all the time. So. He's a very um, good uh, sport about it. So, anyways, they shared a stat about Aaron Jones. He's the only player since 2019 to have 4,000 rush yards and 1,500 receiving yards. But he's not yeah. a top 10 running back. Did mm. they? My question is, I haven't seen the list. Did they have any rookie, incoming rookies ahead of him? No. No. They didn't have Bijan Robinson. There. No. So, I'd be interested who they have. Uh, free agent Dalvin Cook was number eight. Yep. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson was on there. That was surprising to me. What over Aaron Jones? Yeah, yeah. he was like number oh, five or six. Yeah, uh, Tony Pollard here. was number nine. Yep. Oh, what had, a joke! What well, a they terrible. Had, they had Nick Chubb, which okay. Yeah, he oh, Nick Chubb. Derek, Derek, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of the list off the top of my head here. Uh, I cannot look on my phone. I can tell you right now that Ramondre Stevenson and Pollard should not Mixon be on there over Jones. Who? Mixon. I, I forget exactly. I do not remember. That's not even a homer take. That's insane that they would put Ramondre Stevenson. Don't get me wrong; it could be very good. And Tony Pollard over Aaron Jones. I just don't understand it. Stevenson's like, a good power back. He doesn't like, have to share the backfield Aaron with Jones. anybody anymore now. Yeah, the thing for Ramondre. But Aaron it doesn't Jones, matter. Aaron Jones still produces. He, not he was an honorable mention. Aaron Jones was an honorable mention. Oh, it was. It was Chubb, McCaffrey, Jacobs, Barkley, Henry, Taylor, Kamara. Cook, Pollard, and Eckler. Camara, I'm not even with Camara anymore, no, dude. I'm, I'm not. really not. <laughs> yeah, all of them all over Aaron Jones is just so disrespectful. Yeah, that's I, I, you that's have to do it me. consistently for a certain amount of time. It's just like, and that's what Jones has done. Yeah, he's averaging like over like four and a half, five yards per carry. Five yards a carry his whole career. That's yeah, he's like disgusting all time, and yeah, that is disgusting for his career. Yikes. I didn't understand. Um, so I, thought, I saw Jones was on it. I was like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> yeah. So humble. When I, when I looked at the list, you know what I mean. I was like, "Wow, dude, that's just that's just wrong in so many ways." Um. So yeah. Anyways, uh, how's life been, Simon? How you doing? Hanging in there. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you just remind me of like the old dudes at my work in the morning. Like morning, I knew, and they're like. 
I'm here. Like, all right, that's that's an answer. I'm on on this, like, dumb detail where all I do is, like, hold these guys' hands and, like, walk them station to station in, like, this... It's it's like for the it's like for this army badge, and you like you just hold their hand like station. I don't know why they put me on it. It's like the least <laughs> useful thing they could have done with me. The last three a bunch of cats, and they need someone with a higher IQ to wrangle them. I guess so somebody had to they do could it. Have given that to like the dumbest person on base, and he <laughs> wasn't able to do it. <laughs> um, Brian, how, how's everything with you, man? I hear that you moved recently. So how'd that go? Yeah, good. Uh, the move from Maryland to North Dakota is complete. I'm sitting in my new basement, so it'll be great to watch football in this big old TV back here and the setup. And yeah, it looks like you have I a lot can't. more room, so that's nice. Yeah. So looks like you're not doing the show from your dining room table anymore. Well, I used to be doing that. So I have an office that I'm I'm refinishing. I'm putting some flooring down, stuff like that, and I'm gonna hang up oh, all nice. my package stuff in there. So hopefully by the end of the year, I'll be in that. So nice, nice, sweet. That'll be, that'll look pretty cool, man. Um, Tyler, how you been, man? Haven't talked to you since Wednesday. I know it's been a long time since we last spoke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked this morning technically, but right. Uh, good. So we have looks like twelve things that we're going to talk about with what we're going to be watching for from Jordan Love's development um, as as a very vocal uh, proponent of wins and losses should not be a tracked stat for quarterbacks. Um, this year is going to be even more important than that. I think the expectations of wins and losses should take a back seat to um, Jordan Love's development for the future. I honestly think that Jordan Love's future is more important than this season's record. I don't think that's a really hot take to say. But that said, I do think we are in a position where we may deal with more than nine losses this year compared to last year. So we're not just going to be sitting here saying, all oh, the Packers suck for, for 10 weeks out of the season, say the Packers go 7-10. and 10. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be watching Jordan Love's development. And so we're going to talk about what we are going to look for from Jordan Love's development. And I also put out the, I put the question out to uh, a handful of other Packers content creators. Um, and I got responses back from Mike Spofford, who writes for Packers.com. He's been on the show. Um, he gave us fair warning, very long answers. Um, Mike is great. He's honestly, every time we've had him on the show, he gives us great information and great insight. Absolutely um, amazing guy. He is. Um, and then I heard back also from Andy Herman. He's he's very knowledgeable with his stuff. Um, he obviously puts out Packers content literally every single day. Mm-hmm. And then the John Delray. podcast right there. Yeah. Um, and then John Delray, who runs the Lombardi Time Brews podcast. He, uh, Jake and I, are doing a show live show with him on August 17th, which we do have a venue for. We are going to be at stadium view. So that's going to be Thursday, August 17th after practice with the Patriots wraps up that day. So we're going right there after the Packers practice. So Greg is in the comments. He said, I used to be Jordan love. This was back in 86. He said, I have the Packers. I think the Packers have a good as chance of any to win the division. Sadly, until my lions prove otherwise. And that's fair. I mean, the, the NFC North, I think is more wide open than people act like it is. I mean, the Buccaneers have as good of a chance as the Lions win the North, right? I mean, they have they've done it more recently. So <laughs> don't do that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start by reading the the answers that I got in response um, for for 
the three guys that I got responses from. So I'm going to start with, with Mike Spofford and then we're going to jump into the rest of them and then jump into ours. Um, Adam said Jordan Love will do just fine. 25 touchdowns plus five rushing touchdowns. We're going to do projections, projections pretty close two to weeks mine, from actually. today. Two weeks, <laughs> two weeks yeah, from two today, weeks. we're doing our stat projections. Uh, it's going to be, that's going to be a fun, fun show. It's my I, favorite episode, that and the review. Ooh, I like it. Okay. So Spofford sent two things. He's got a lot of things to go with the two aspects. But the first one that, that Mike Spofford sent in is um, schematically is the offense helping him. And this is something I hadn't even considered. So I appreciate this from him. So Mike Spofford said when the Shanahan McVay LaFleur system is clicking, the running game, jet motion, and play action are all helping the quarterback run things smoothly. McVay got to his Super Bowl, uh, his first Super Bowl with Goff and then Stafford. Shanahan did so with Garoppolo and then might have with Purdy if he not gotten injured. Motion helps pre-snap reads. The running game sets up play action, and play action is more effective from under center than shotgun. I expect, I suspect we're going to see more motion and less shotgun than we did with Rodgers last year. More shotgun was out of necessity due to the cracked thumb, but Rodgers also preferred it overall and was never crazy about the pre-snap motion. Seeing these elements work for the quarterback will help improve his development. In connection to that, here's what I'll be watching for not so much live, but when I have a chance to review film. First, does the ball come out on time? If the releases are in rhythm, efficiency generally goes up. Two, is he finding open guys or is he trying to hit tight windows? Are there good reasons for the risk? Don't always fall for the replay that shows so-and-so wide open over here or over there. That guy might be the third or fourth read in the progression and he has no chance to get to him. What matters more are the targets he's throwing to open. If so, he's doing his job and the offense is working for him. Third, are throws accurate both from the pocket and outside the pocket? That'll speak to his footwork and fundamentals. And last but not least, when he checks to a pass and just fires horizontally to an outside wide receiver, does the play have a chance for a good gain or was it a poor decision slash read based on the defense? These are what LaFleur refers to as run solutions. The checks where the backs and the O-line are still executing run and he's made the decision at the snap to flip the ball outside um, he said, this is what James Lofton likes to call a smoke route, which I think is a cool name for it. That's a little tidbit that he put in there for us. Um, he said, if the receiver's got nowhere to go, it probably wasn't a good call, but sometimes that guy gets buried because of a missed block by a perimeter companion, which could mean it was not a good, which could mean it was a good re- read slash decision. And the result was not on the quarterback. So I actually, I actually really like that. Um, going back to look, um, to see if he's hitting open targets and not complaining that, you know, this guy was wide open down the field, um, bringing up the progressions of it, which is something that we're going to talk about. So his second thing was crunch time. Mm -hmm. So the second thing that Mike Spofford said, he will, how will he perform and function when the game is on the line? This is essentially what makes or breaks quarterbacks in this league because so many wins and losses are decided in the final minutes. Rodgers failed miserably in his first two crunch time moments in 2008 throwing interceptions at Tampa in week four and versus Atlanta in week five. Then in week 10 at Minnesota, he put the offense in position for a game-winning kick from Crosby, which was missed, and he directed other late scores that as the season went along where the defense responded with breakdowns and the Packers still lost, like versus Carolina and Houston, and a late field goal was blocked at Chicago. The point is he didn't start out well in crunch time but did progress in the big moments was evident, even if the final results didn't show it. He said, I bet... At least half a dozen games will come down to what Love does or doesn't do in the final five minutes. Unfortunately, his first start in Kansas City in 2021 
after he finally directed a scoring drive in the fourth quarter to get Green Bay within 13-7. to The Chiefs ran out the clock, and he didn't get the ball back. Then in that year's regular season and finale, he threw a couple picks late, but that was with a lot of backups on the field with him. Last year at Philly, the touchdown to Watson got the Packers within 37-30 with nine minutes left. But then the defense allowed a six-minute drive for a field goal, so he didn't get the ball back with three minutes left and down two scores again. His limited action hasn't provided much of a window, if any, into how he'll perform at the game on the line. So that's a big piece as his first year as a starter. So that's what Mike Spofford is going to be looking for. Essentially, the two main things are how he's fitting in the scheme and then how he's performing in crunch time. So those are the two big things for Mike Spofford. Um, anything you guys want to add in there before I jump on on Andy Herman's? His, his is much shorter, so we got that. No, I think Spofford is spot on. He's, Mike Spofford is fantastic. He said he'll be on the show again, so keep in touch. So he will definitely be back on the show during this season. Love it. Okay, so this is Andy Herman. So this is what he said. He said, it's not super sexy or groundbreaking, but I'm really watching turnovers and turnover-worthy plays. It's going to be a huge part of his development. And the other thing he said was how he responds when defenses throw a ton of shit at him he's never seen before. Those are probably my top two. Great response. I mean, we've seen it in Kansas City already. Like, he was just bombarded. But he was was in a bad, you know, situation. That's not going to be that way this year. Have more preparation time too. Yeah, but don't get me wrong; he's going to see a lot of stuff he has never seen before. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Greg said the coaching tree isn't no slouch either. That's 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 fair. There's a lot of it out there. Okay, so this is John Del Rey from Lombardi Time Brews. We are going to be live with him on August 17th uh, at Stadium View after the Packers practice that day. Um, Adam said this guy makes me feel dumb. It, and there's nothing for that. I mean, these guys <laughs> these guys do this for a living. Um, Mike Spofford works for Packers.com, so he literally works for the team. And Andy Herman puts out Packers content literally every single day, and this is now his full-time job. That's where yeah, that's where we hope to be. A few um, weeks ago, he was he was able to take it over as his yeah. full-time job. So that's and yeah. and this next one is from John Del Rey. His is also this is also his his passion project that he's working on on his everyday life too. Um, and then we're going to go through ours. Each of us have three for a total of 12 aspects that we're going to watch uh, that we're going to talk about on our show during the season. So last one from John Del Rey. He said, technique wise, I'll be looking to see that Love's decision making is not only correct, but consistent. He needs that in order to keep his turnovers low and not revert back, revert back to some of his bad habits that were on display in college. He said, overall, though, I understand there will be peaks and valleys. But what I'm really aiming to understand is what his standard week looks like. And will it be enough to project to a franchise quarterback? He said, I believe it will, but he does have to prove it this year. I thought that was a good response when I read that this morning, too. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. You guys ready to get into ours? I am. Let's All do right. It. Well, I will go first. The first one that I'm going to discuss is red zone decision making. Now, there's a bunch of decision making aspects that we have in here. We didn't lump it all into just decision-making because different different times, different places on the field, uh, different situations call for different types of decision-making. So starting with the red zone, um, my first thing with red zone decision-making is not every throw needs to be into the end zone. Uh, you can trust th- th- throwing to a guy like Aaron Jones at the five-yard line that he's going to then get into the end zone. Um, you know, not every, not every throw needs to score a touchdown um, – not every throw needs to be into the end zone to score a touchdown. Um, on third down, 
You don't need to try to force a ball into, say, double coverage, try to score a touchdown. Three points is better than zero points. Um, running the ball is okay. You don't have to check to it constantly as the quarterback. But, obviously, if the matchups dictate it, then do that. Um, there'll be something to watch is if Love's running um, helps the offensive efficiency. Um, so, going back to the, the 2015 Panthers, that's something that um, – they did a lot with Cam Newton and that's how they were able to have one of the most efficient red zone offenses in recent history. Um, and then just the Packers using a lot of pass catchers on the field can help give love options. Obviously guys like Aaron Jones and then all the wide receivers and the two new tight ends. So having more of those weapons on the field um, and this is no, like no dig to Mercedes Lewis, but he wasn't, wasn't as big of a pass catching threat as these two rookies are projecting to be. Not to say that those two are better than Mercedes Lewis, but like I'm saying, they're projected to be more pass-catching uh, savvy than Mercedes Lewis. Um, so second thing we're going to go to is another type of decision-making, third-down decision-making, and Simon's going to talk about that. All right, I was looking at something real quick. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Can yeah, so real quick. Can I add? I don't, did you cover yeah, this? One ahead. thing I will be watching, just to add on to the, the red zone decision-making, yeah especially goal line, we, how often do we see Aaron check to a, a pass? I'm hoping that, that Jordan that will trust, you know, uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon a little more in those situations. So Sticking I'll kind of be watching out for that too. What was that like disgusting stat from last year? It was like Aaron Jones only had like four carries in the five yard line or something. Zero. Like that. Zero. And I, 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 I one, knew it was one or two. It was one. I thought it was one. I thought one. it was one. I do, yeah. I do believe that will be uh reined in a little bit but yeah 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 so i had a correct I, I fully i fully expect love to i guess allow matt lafleur's offense to be his rather than right. rogers really mm-hmm. um all right so i got third down decisions so going back to last year the packers were middle of the pack in third down conversion percentage with uh 39.5 percent rate uh, so they were 17th in the league. And I know I'm on third down, but also fourth down, we were 27th in the league with 38.71%. So, and the worst game last year, and, you know, I was doing a little, little bit of research versus the Commanders, which was a loss, 23 to 21, we didn't convert one single third or fourth down that whole oh, game. Shit. So I will be looking a lot. At, like I just talked about how Jordan Love checks at the line of scrimmage, his ability to read the defense, and more specifically in third down situations, his ability to react to the blitz, as uh, some of the guys wrote back to us about uh, the start in Kansas City. Kansas City had 40 blitzing snaps that game. Jeez, 40. Man. And then I, I miss, uh, I didn't write it down, I think it was 21. So every time they had 21 pass rushing uh, blitz snaps. That's so and it, it worked all night. Um, he was constantly being blitzed, uh, especially on third down, situ- uh, third and long situations. I'm betting that their teams are really going to test Jordan Love on that early and often. So it's up to Love to make the correct checks, identify the blitzers, and make the right read. If you think about Alrighty. our first opponent that we're going to play Chicago, I mean, 
I, I don't know how their pass rush was last year. I don't think it was devastating Dog or shit. anything. It was pretty bad, right? They're probably going to blitz them a lot to try to get that extra pressure. So hopefully we're prepared for that. Luckily, I don't think I don't think Chicago did much in the offseason to address the pass rush. Uh, like no. they didn't draft they, did, they definitely didn't fill the pieces they traded yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, they they really didn't shore up their pass rush that much. They but, they they did better on their inside linebacking. Yeah, so they'll be yeah, better right. on so their offensive linebackers. Yeah, for sure. Got enough but I think they'll try to throw a lot of blitzes at them to create right. pressure to supplement their inability yeah. to like send three or four guys. Yeah. Okay, so Bryant has the next set of decision making uh, in the two minute drill. Okay, so I kind of looked at this from two aspects. I'm really interested because it wasn't on our list. I'm really interested to see if we actually run a hurry up now, too along with the two-minute drill. And people might be like, well, you don't want to put your rookie into that. I actually, later on, I'm, I'll be talking about progressives, but a hurry up in a two-minute drill, I like it more because it kind of, it gives him that one read and he'll, it kind of forces his hand a little bit. So I think we should use it a little bit. But the big thing I'll be looking at for the two-minute drill, not to keep bringing Aaron in this, but the one thing he was so good at was getting everyone up to the line, spiking the ball. Like, remember that play to Devontae Adams in San Francisco? It's like we're all screaming, hurry up, hurry up. He's like just so nonchalantly walking up to the line, spikes the ball for the game when you field goal, right? So I, um, it's not going to come right away, but I'll be looking for him to get kind of more and more comfortable in the situation and kind of have a better feel for how much time he has and how much he can control the offense. Because a lot of times, you know, the quarterback is calling a lot of those plays. So we'll see. I'll be kind of interested to hear Matt LaFleur talk about as it happens how much freedom Jordan Love gets in those situations and see if that's something he can build into. Uh, but really just the way he handles and calls the, uh, the two minute drill, uh, the decision-making, you know, will he make that throw away to make sure they have another chance? Uh, will he, you know, not look for the touchdown if we just need a field goal, he'll just make sure, you know, the main goal is to get in the field goal, get out of bounds, things like that. So really just kind of controlling and calling the offense and make sure, you know, some younger quarterbacks can get a little too eager on the two minute drill and everyone's not lined up and they'll snap the ball. And, you know, you might have a penalty or a two minute runoff or 10 second runoff, excuse me. And then you have to use a timeout. You might not waste it, you know, not want to waste as well. So I'll kind of be looking for those things. Just see how calm he is really how collective and calm he is in those situations. And hopefully I really hope that um, I know they practice it plenty, but in preseason, if he does play, they kind of, at least even if it isn't a two-minute drill, they kind of treat one drive per preseason game that he plays in as a two-minute drill, just like our hurry-up, just to see how, you know, that he gets live action reps in that. So two things. One, Steve made a, a top-tier pun, making the right Jaden Reed. Nicely done. <laughs> well, um, and then Adam said, I vision a more Philly-style offense. Lots of running with Dylan, working the middle of the field with two tight end sets. Two tight end sets is absolutely going to be a thing. That's a Matt LaFleur scheme thing. So there will absolutely 100%. be two tight end sets. Um, Jones will be Jones, and Watson and Dobbs got another training camp under their belts. Um, love is much bigger and stronger than Rodgers, not to mention the locker room loves Jordan. He is very even keel. Looking forward to it. Um, I don't know how much bigger or stronger he is, but yeah. Like he's using bigger. Those tight ends. He's, he's at least, he's at least two bit, inches like taller. Inch, maybe yeah, inch yeah, he's, he's 6'4", 220. Yeah, Rodgers was 6'2", 222. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so for some reason I thought Rodgers was only like six two. He, he had monster legs. <laughs> Brett Favre was also six two two twenty two. Yeah. Our last two quarterbacks yeah. were six two two twenty two. Yep. Huh. Okay. Cool. Okay. So Jake is next. Jake's uh, talking. Can just I go back one. Go ahead. Just real quick to add on to Brian. I think 
the two minute drill, the, our because our offensive line is pretty veteran at this point. So Myers is going in his third year. Mm-hmm. JRJ is going into his third or fourth year. He's in the same draft class as Love, so this will be his fourth year. Okay, so his fourth year. Yeah, fourth year. And then Nyman's pretty veteran, and then we got Bakhtiari and Jenkins. I think that'll absolutely help him in the two-minute drill uh, and minimize those penalties and stuff like that. So I I think that'll absolutely help him. Even if it's Tom at right tackle or whatever, he's already proven that he can play pretty like a veteran in that position. Yeah. No, I, I don't think so. That's my opinion, but I don't think Dude, Josh so. Myers was not that good last year, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun It'll be interesting. That'll definitely, definitely be something when we talk in two weeks. That'll be yeah. something we'll talk about. Okay, so Jake is going to talk just about essentially regular decision-making, um, mm-hmm. just things outside of special situations. Yeah, so with regular decision-making, the first thing that I thought of was just taking what the defense gives you, right? You don't oh. always have to force the ball down That's the field, but – you are working that fine line of not just checking down every single play. Sometimes you have to stretch the defense. And this offense this year has a ton of speed. That's what we're all excited about, right? We saw with Watson, Jaden Reed looks super, super fast. Romeo Dobbs is no slouch. Samari Toure can get down the field. And then obviously the upgrade in the tight end room, right? Um, for me, when I was thinking about the tight ends, I was like, Musgrave is Watson from last year. And Kraft is more Romeo Dobbs, where when I look at it like that, I'm thinking – Kraft is probably a little bit more NFL ready. He's got the body. Uh, he runs tough. And Musgrave is more of the project, but he's also more of the, the boomer bust kind of play. Like I think more raw talent. Person. Yeah. We're like in the long run, Musgrave will probably be like a monster, just like Watson. And dubs and dubs and crafter is going to be consistent people, right? Um, on top of that, we need to make sure that LaFleur is calling the correct play. So <laughs> when I was reading Spofford's response, I was like, He's reading off mine a little bit here because at the end of the McCarthy era, I thought of, you know, and I'm thinking of regular decision-making, right? At the end of the McCarthy era, it was run, run, pass, punt. And all I heard my dad bitch about was, oh, are we in the fucking 80s again? And I'm like, oh, geez. So I'm just watching this, and I'm like, we have to make sure the floor is putting him in position to make those regular decisions correctly, right? Oh, the outside, um, the, the outside pitch play on third and five. God, the McCarthy oh. special. <laughs> and I don't hate John Kuhn, but how many times are we going to hand it off to John Kuhn, bro? Seriously. Jesus Christ, it's third and six. Yep, one-yard run with the fullback. That was fun, guys. That Brian, was good, remember Brian. I used to, I used to bitch about the pitch play all the time. <laughs> I hated it. That's awesome. Um, so the last thing that I'm looking at is if you make the right decisions in the early downs, you give yourself third and manageable you know, third and shorts, third and threes, third and fours. And at that point, the entire playbook is open to you. So you got play actions. You got everything that you want. Tyler obviously knows how big of a fan we both are of play action. If you watch the show at all, we love play action. Um, There will be some more under center stuff. I will say that. I agree with a lot what people are saying. Um, I think Jordan Love is going to be a little bit more traditional. Um, I have some numbers when I get to my next one. But, yeah, just regular decision-making is just taking what the defense gives you, right? Just don't force the issue if you don't have to. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up, actually. I'm really glad you said it that way, too. Um, so the next thing for me is footwork. Uh, Spafford alluded to it a little bit with his footwork um, and talking about that. Um, so looking at three-step drops, five-step drops, um, balance in his throws. Um, if he's throwing off balance, just essentially making sure that it's not overly affecting the strength or accuracy on his throws. 
Um, so not only the footwork as he's taking the snap, but also as he's making his throws. Um, if it does affect his strength or accuracy to throw um, off balance, um, that'll be something he'll have to work on. And then Jake already mentioned it, play action, um, making sure his drops are well-timed and the the fakes are sold well enough to fool the defense. Um, I mean, we saw even last season a handful of times with Aaron Rodgers where he fooled the cameraman. Um, I'm not expecting Jordan Love to fool the cameraman, but just enough to get that defense to take one extra step too far to then have somebody like Christian Watson come open. Mm-hmm. So so having the right footwork in those types of situations is something that we will keep an eye on during the season. Um, Steve said taking what the defense gives is what made Brady amazing. Adam said Jaden Reed's film reminds me lots of Antonio Brown's. And Sam said we're going to be good. We're all excited for this. Oh, yeah. Even this is going to be our second show or our second season doing the show on Friday nights with Simon and Bryant with us. Um, and while Simon is is doing some stuff with the military, he won't be on every week, but he's still going to be a part of the show. Um, we are very, very excited that in our second season with the four of us, that we are going into a huge uh, era change. Yeah. And, and we're excited for it because it's going to give us an opportunity to potentially flex a little bit of knowledge and, you know, potentially give some insight into um, into the Green Bay Packers a little more than just, you know, we have Aaron Rodgers. We're expecting to be Super Bowl contenders because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are going to – it's definitely going to take some uh, people trying to be more, a little more optimistic because there's going to be a bumps and roll. Kind of I almost like towards the end of last year where everyone was like, oh, we're done, we're done. Us four were sitting there saying every Friday, we're not done until we're done. And mm-hmm. look, at we had the last week, all the way up to last week, we had a chance to make the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, we, we didn't get it done, but hey, it happens, right? So this year, I think, uh, you know, there's going to be some bumps in the road. Don't get me wrong. I do think we can compete in this division, and I yep. expect us to because I think we have a, a very good team. But people need to realize, we I think we're the youngest team in the NFL now. We went from one of the more aged teams in the NFL to the youngest team in the NFL, and that should have people excited. So. Because if if they show anything this year, if they show that like that, if Jordan Love shows that he can be it with the his contract and everything, you know, and his age, you're going into you're opening that window wide open again. He's mm-hmm. younger than Hendon Hooker. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam said and I thought Love had really good footwork last season and limited work. You could tell he progressed, and that's what you need to see. And we said that last year too, even during the preseason, that we can tell that Love is better than when he was drafted. Yeah. Um, Greg said, new venture, the unknown is always exciting. The Packers are a great franchise. Even if things don't go well, you have key pieces in place. And that's the thing. It's all, it's all in place that it's opportunity that these guys can all grow together. Like the Packers offense, uh, the skill players, they're all in their early to mid twenties. And don't forget, it's very high likelihood that we're going to have two first round draft picks again next year. Yeah. Dude, and the I, world does not want Jordan Love to work out because if he, if he does, dude, and we have two first round picks, like I don't want us to lose a bunch of games, but if we we go we win five games, six games, right? We're obviously gonna have a good pick. Then if the Jets, you know, have a decent season, they barely sneak into the playoffs, they'll probably get their ass whooped by like a Chiefs or something like that because the Chiefs are just the best team in the league. Um, if that happens and we get two first round picks, oh, it's a fucking wrap, dude. Could you imagine the Packers having say number ten and number twenty two next year? Be nice. Um, I bet you. I'll bet you money. We bet we draft a wide receiver then, and a safety. I don't know that we're gonna need one. I feel good with where we're at. We'll see. I think we'll need tackles too. 
So on top on top of that as well, um, the Packers are also projected to have three comp picks too. Mm. Nice. God damn. All righty. So Simon's got the next aspect, uh, accuracy. Yeah. So uh, I think that was if you go back and look at Love Scotty Report coming out of college. I think one of the biggest knocks on him was his spotty ball placement and his deep ball accuracy. They were both kind of poor, and I think they both sort of reared their ugly head in the start against Kansas City. And I think we've kind of, you know, beat a dead horse by now, but he wasn't dropped in the best situation for him at the time. Uh, So Love was charted as accurate on fewer than 40% of his passes that game which is not great. Uh, so even though he had solid action, uh, I, I think he did – I think he showed much improvement last year. And I know the sample size was really small and his limited action, but coming out of that Eagles game, he looked sharp. Like he that that turkey hole shot to Jones my was favorite a throw. That, that was his best throw of the game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree and, with you. Uh, it was unfortunate that it – it did, it wasn't a completion because Jones dropped it, and I don't know if he wasn't expecting it or whatever, but that was an absolute dime. He hit him but, right between the threes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking for him to consistently be able to place footballs where only the receivers can catch them, or rather give the receivers an opportunity to catch and run, like where they don't have to like come back to the ball. Or like the the play to Watson where he had a uh, you know hit him 60 in whatever yard yeah he hit him in stride and it was he was just fucking gone like I'm looking for that this year and I'm really excited it's and I've said this before like it, it's funny how effortless Watson looks when he's running like 22 Bro. miles an hour he's literally <laughs> it's just the one that said it last year that he makes fast people look slow yeah, yeah. it was just. It's it's funny. So I'm 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 really looking forward to him consistently placing those balls where they need to be. So I have some thoughts on accuracy. Pause. Are you are you done? Yeah, I just said okay. pause because I think that something that goes with accuracy is timing. So I think footwork plus timing equals accuracy. So it's that's why patient. to me the best throw of the game was the throw that he threw to Watson. He had perfect he had perfect pocket presence. He threw it perfectly on time. And that ball, if Watson was standing right there, that would have been right in the middle of the nine, too. Because that, that was a dart. And he hit him in stride. He did not have to break stride. He go, went right up the sideline. Now, you know, if you ask the haters, that was against prevent defense. If that was mm. truly against prevent defense, they'd had four people back there and he wasn't scoring. Okay? I'm just going to tell you that right prevent now. shit. <laughs> no, they didn't prevent him from getting in the end zone either if it was prevent defense. So, um, I, I just think that footwork – Timing equals accuracy, so I'm also looking for the timing of things. I like it. So Brian's got the next aspect, the combination with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Oh, this is my favorite one. This is my favorite yeah, one. So, so hopefully, I, you know, you feel free to throw in whatever you want. So obviously, already we've heard that he's got a really good connection with um, Romeo Dobbs, but as Simon just alluded to, he hit Watson in stride last year, touchdown, boom. Like, I believe Romeo had a couple catches that game, too, or, unless he was injured. But I know he's completed a couple passes to Romeo early on in the uh, the one game, the Minnesota game he stepped in and stuff like that. So uh, he might have completed 
the first pass to Christian Watson in his career too. I can't remember if he had stepped in at that point, but either way, like their connection has been strong. Uh, and I want to kind of add on to this because we didn't talk about this, but we've all been watching. I love the fact that someone like Aaron Jones is meeting with Jordan Love. They're building a huge connection right now, catching a lot of footballs. I guarantee that it's eaten Jones up that he dropped that turkey hole shot that we're talking about in Philly. Because if you go watch him today, Jordan Love is throwing deep balls to Aaron Jones down the sideline. So we might finally see these wheel routes. Um, for 87 and 9, I want to make sure there's, I'm looking for a couple things. I, I don't want him to fixate on them because there's, I think there's too much talent now on this team. So make sure he doesn't fixate on them because we've seen that happen in the past mm-hmm. where, you know, it doesn't work. I want to see him give them chances. Christian Watson needs to have a chance like that touchdown against the Titans that you guys, I think, were sitting, sitting right there, right? Uh, yep. Throw them a ball, like Simon already talked about contested catches. If he's going to throw a contested ball, at least put it in a place where it's like your wide receiver has a sixty percent sixty percent chance versus a forty of the defender or something like that. I know they can't exactly calculate that, but on contested balls, I'll be looking for him to give them a chance. Uh, also, I'm, I really look forward to the fact that Ooh. our wide receivers are going to be able to run routes in the middle of the field. He's going to be able to target Jaden Reed and Maury Truway in the middle of the field, tight ends. You're going to have, you're going to have plays where Luke Musgrave is going to be screaming up the scene. And then you're going to have a safety trying to decide, am I taking Luke Musgrave on the, you know, the corner route or am I taking Watson on the seam route or like, I mean, the, the fly route, like this offense has a chance to really cause some problems. Um, so I really look forward to seeing, you know, make sure he spreads the ball around a lot. I think dubs, um, might become a safety blanket on like third downs, almost like Lazard was for Aaron last few years, few years. Um, but Christian Watson, I think we need to, he needs a, a lot of those short seam routes. I'm, we just need to get the ball in his hand and let him make plays. And I'm really excited. The fact that I think that's going to happen. I think, I think we'll floor probably been licking his lips this whole freaking off season, just drawing up plays for these guys. Cause he knows that we're probably not going to check out of the plays as much and we're going to get to run these plays and, that can hurt you at times, but it can also help you. The fact that we're just going to run the offense. So for the connection to 987, first I want us to understand that they're young still, so there's going to be mistakes made. They're not going to have perfectly in sync all the time, but now they're going to have a chance to grow together. They're all young. They're all going to be growing together, and you can include Jaden Reed and everything in that too. So, um, yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up Romeo Dobbs being a potential safety blanket for third downs because when we were doing our draft prep going into last season, uh, Romeo Dobbs, the thing that stood out to me from him at Nevada was Carson Strong was looking for him every single third down. And every time he threw to him on third down, Romeo Dobbs was catching that ball every single time. Like that stood out to me enough to put in my notes that Romeo Dobbs was a trustworthy third down option. So Just I'm like glad that, you brought that up. Yeah, that touchdown against New England he had. I know Jordan didn't throw that ball or anything, but let them try for those connected um, – th- those contested catches, you know what I mean? So I really yeah. look forward. And, like, just the fact that we're going to actually throw the ball in the middle of the field has me very excited. Um, so Jake's got the next set of decision-making, and it's run-pass decision-making. Yeah, so this boils down to two different things, in my opinion. Obviously, the RPO has become very, very popular over the last few years, right? Um, So I looked up uh, 2016 through 2021 numbers. Um, The the RPO was ran 4.7% of the time in in 2016. Um, In in 2011, it was ran 19.3% of the time. 2021? 
2021, sorry. 2021. Um, and then on first down, it was run 6.9% of the time in 2016 and 17.8% of the time. That's, that's not a shotgun. So that's, that's just nuts. So you're going to have to, on top of reading the defense, when you come up to the line, you're going to have to understand when to hand the ball off, right? When is the right decision to just give the ball and get your three, four yards, right? Um, then the next thing with the run pass is understanding when to check out of it. And I know that you, a couple of you guys have brought it up already. Understanding when it when it's okay to take a shot and when it's not okay to take a shot. So really it just comes down to, you know, understanding the defense, understanding down and distance and knowing when it's okay to pull that thing and let it sling, right? And I do think uh, – this is probably not a hot take either, but I do think that he has a little bit more gunslinger in him than, than Aaron Rodgers. He's a little bit of a combo of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. He's got the athleticism of a Rodgers. Not that Favre wasn't athletic. I just think Rodgers was more athletic. And oh, yeah, he's, for sure. he's he's got the he's got the the, the fucking chuck it kind of thing that Brett Favre had. I didn't know how else to word that, but that's what yeah. I say when I it's, say it's, it. That's what it's gonna be. There's gonna be times where he's gonna be like, "Fuck it, Christian's down there somewhere." <laughs> right. You know, you got you got a one on one with a six five guy that runs a four three. I mean, is that really a bad decision? Is it? I don't think it is. Sometimes give, it is, but if you give your guy the the a good enough ball where he can make a play on it, it's a 50-50 ball. To be honest with you, as a, as a coach, I'm not going to be upset at, at my coach or my quarterback for doing that, right? A six five guy, he can jump, he can run, he can do everything. I mean, we talked about it during the Cowboys game when you know we're watching the guys uh, run after Christian Watson. Those guys are fucking just hauling ass. They're just trying to catch him, dude. There's no way they were keeping up with him. He's he's too fast. Can I add something to that? Just on that thing specifically, the deep balls, the 50-50 balls. Yeah. This is a thing where we are not only watching to see how Jordan Love develops, but we also need to see how Christian Watson develops. Yeah. This is essentially going to be his first year as the guy. Like we know coming in that Christian Watson is our wide receiver one. Yeah. We also need to see his development too. So we need to see some 50-50 balls thrown by Jordan Love so we can continue to evaluate Christian Watson as well, not only Jordan Love. Yeah, that'll uh, that'll definitely be a big thing. I love that Brian brought it up because I was going to bring it up that uh, we're going to need to watch these young guys and they're going to make mistakes too. So I love that you brought that up. Um, throwing over the middle is definitely going to be exciting uh, to, to – I want Tucker Kraft to catch so many footballs over the middle and just run into people because <laughs> he's not going to avoid them. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> All righty. So I have the, the next one. This is my last one is uh, throwaway decisions. So when to throw the ball away, this is something that um, we know that Aaron Rodgers had in his game. He did it a lot. Um, maybe too much at some times. At some points, you kind of wanted Rodgers like, hey, just take a shot once in a while. Um, obviously, you know, there's aspects of protecting the ball, but in my mind with throwaway decisions down and distance is going to play a major factor, uh, throwing in the double coverage on second and one versus fourth and 10. That's two very, very different situations. Um, obviously on fourth and 10 throwing you the ball, you know, throwing the ball out of bounds, that doesn't benefit you at all. Obviously that just gives the ball to the other team. So that's where you might need to throw a 50, 50 ball to a Christian Watson, a jump ball, something like that. Um, but essentially, the other thing is with the two-minute drill is just making the smart choices to conserve time. So as opposed to, you know, trying to reverse your field and, and run back all the way across the field, across the hash marks to the other side of the field, just throw the ball away, reset, and give yourself the opportunity to call another play um, just to catch some rest, too. Um, I mean, the scramble drill is something that we've seen work, but it doesn't need to be a 15-second play when there's 25 seconds left in a game. 
uh, just running scramble drill. So, you know, throwing away decisions in the two-minute drill. um, And then also a factor in the throwaway decisions is controlling turnovers if the Packers find themselves leading in games. So, Obviously, there's going to be times where if you're trying to win games, you got to try to make plays and you got to throw some some questionable passes to try to make plays. If the Packers are up by, say, 10 points and there's five minutes left in the game, that's not one of those times. At that point, you throw the ball away and you either punt the ball or you run the ball to start using more clock, whatever it may be, on the next play. But turning the ball over in those situations is the last thing you want to do. So that's another area where I'm going to be looking for those throwaway decisions. I agree. Okay, no, I agree. So next is Simon to talk about turnovers. Yeah. So another big knock against Love coming out of college, especially the last year he played, was the amount of turnovers uh, and turnover-worthy plays he had. Um once again, against Kansas City, he was credited with three turnover-worthy plays, which could have all been interceptions. Um, I will say, though, Love does a pretty good job of keeping the ball tucked and secure while he's scanning for wide receivers. But uh, decision-making, and, or he needs to play with uh, better decision-making and better anticipation. So I'm looking forward to him, or looking for him to try and throw the ball away um, instead of trying to force it into a wide receiver that may or may not be open. And I think I also think Packer fans should temper their expectations a little bit this year. And I was kind of going a little bit off uh, maybe what we want to talk about, but Rodgers was like the king of not turning the ball over. Um, Love is definitely going to have his bumps and bruises, especially in his first year starting as a full-time starter. Um, I wouldn't expect him to throw, you know, 25 touchdowns and four interceptions. I think that'd be otherworldly. Um, but I'm looking for uh, better decision making and maybe not trying to always throw uh, into double coverage, uh, Brett Favre esque. I think a, coverage. I think a two to one ratio would be very good first year for him. Yeah, I, I agree. I take that. I would take. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so what I want to say with turnovers is I also am going to be very interested in how he responds to turnovers. Um, if he's, you know, if I don't want him to, to have a timidity to him after turnovers, like I don't want him to play hesitant just because he made a turnover. 
Um, I would really much rather see, you know, a, a cognitive adjustment than, you know, uh, uh, you know, to like put his head down, something like that. So the response to the turnovers is going to be a big thing for me. Um, Steve said, I once read a comment that Love would have an easier time as a pro than at Utah State because his weapons were so poor and every throwing window was tiny. That's possible. I, don't, I, I think honestly stand and watch enough Utah State games to, to say whether I believe that or not, but it's it's possible. I, I feel like there is, uh, obviously, I, I, there is some, um, damn, I can't think of words right now. There is part of the reason why, yeah, validity to him having that regression of his last season. I mean, they lost, what, nine guys on offense, a bunch of coaching staff. I mean, turnover on the coaching staff matters at how their QB plays as well. I think he has 10 new starters, actually. I think he was yeah, the only He was, like, the player. only guy coming back. Huh. So, I mean, take that for what it is. I mean, he still had his faults, of course, but right. – yeah, and that's the thing is like just bringing you know, the fact that Steve brought that up. He's not saying that that's the only reason that Love had 18 turnovers his final year of college. Of course not. That's right. that's and that's not what that's not what we say when we're talking about these things either. Um, you know, we're not going to bring up one aspect of it and expect it to explain away, you know, any other potential bad decisions or whatever it may be. You know, like missed opportunities, whatever it may be. Um, it's not anything that we bring up. It's not, you know, it's not just an excuse or whatever you want to say. It's not a blanket statement to, to cover everything yeah. that he didn't do well or has opportunity to improve on. So that's not, that's not what it's ever going to be. Um, all of these things. And this is why we're doing this all individually is because all of these things are their own individual aspects. That's why we're doing its own show to talk about this. So the next thing is Bryant to talk about his progressions. Yeah. So for progressions, this is, I mean, this is a key to, success really in my mind for him is because going into progressions talks about how calm he stays in the pocket when he was pressure around him, you know, how, you know, if he gets happy feet, if you see quarterbacks get happy feet, they start to really struggle. You've seen Aaron get happy feet in the past when he didn't feel like his line was going to hold up. And that's when he started chucking a bunch of balls into the ground, short of wide receivers are overthrowing them and all that type of things. Right. So for his progressions, I'm really just looking for him to stay calm, you know, know when to flush when there's pressure, but don't do it immediately. Like stay in the pocket and, you know, be prepared. And you really can see, like, if you put on the Kansas city tape versus a Philly tape, it's crazy different. Like he was flustered the entire time against Kansas city, but in Philly, you could, there's plays you can legitimately see him go through his progressions. There's one play. He looks on the sidelines. You see that he's being trapped by a cornerback. Another one where it was a deep route, but it was double coverage. And then he, the person in the middle of the field is covered and then he dropped it off to Dylan. It might've been his first completion of the game uh, for like an eight yard drop off to Dylan in the flat. And you can see him go through his progression. So he showed that he can do it. Now let's see if he can continue to improve on that and continue to do that. Because if he can't, if he can't go through progressions and he's just firing at the first look every time he won't be successful, but if he can keep his, his column in the, the pocket and go through his progressions, Matt LaFleur is going to scheme people open. There's going to be outlets for him. He needs to know where his outlets are, his safe passes. Like every play, he should, by reading the defense, he should have an idea where he can get rid of the ball, dump it off. But just, you know, he should quickly go through his progressions, give it within like two seconds or whatever, and he should be able to identify where he's throwing that ball. Right. So uh, he's already showing. If to run, I would throw that in there yeah, as well. Exactly. And, he, and if you go back to the versus Kansas City tape versus Philly tape, there was a couple like on the in Philly where he ran to the, he was kind of running more um, 
lateral to see if he can get rid of the ball and throw the ball. I think against the one against Lazard, like if he would have held on for one more, like half a second, he would have had him wide open. Um, but you could just see improvement already. And I really, you know, the progressions would be a big thing. He needs to go through his progressions and make sure he's finding the open wide receiver and not just f- firing it, you know, we'll hit that three step drop time. and fire that ball. If that first progression is open, if not quickly go to your second, third and check down. So Adam said, I have the pleasure of having season tickets. My dad and I always watch Aaron and love throw the quarter end zone into a basket for what it's worth. I've seen love make more in the basket than number 12. Hmm. I mean, Hey, I'll, if it, if it translates to the field, I'll be happy. Everyone gets so hyped for those too. And I love it. <laughs> it's I it's love like it. a trick shot video. Yeah. Uh, I love it. But you like, know, we're all sick. We're going to be finding ways to stream. We'll all be finding a stream that for family night too. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. I might go actually. I might be. Bringing yeah, you should. There. Are they sold out? I know they started selling tickets. I don't know if it's sold out. I was going to look at this next Friday. All right. So Jake's already. got the last aspect of Jordan Love's development that we're going to watch for, and it is eyes. The eyes, the eyes, there's so many aspects to the eyes. And I believe eyes ties a lot into what Brian was just talking about in progression, right? So your eyes, you have to use them obviously to go through your progressions. But here's something that people probably don't think about with eyes here is when you come up to the line and we've seen it for so many years, 31 years, right? We had Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They come up to the line. They know the matchup that they like the most at the line, right? So finding that matchup that you like the most, which one you're going to exploit, uh, we've seen it with Jordy's. We've seen it with, with Devontae Adams, right? Like Rogers knew where he wanted to go. Favre knew, you know, when he had Sterling Sharp and, and Donald Drivers of the world, you know. So finding the guy that you like the matchup the best on, you know, maybe maybe halfway through the year, Luke Musgrave is just absolutely torturing safeties. And you have a play that Luke Musgrave is going to torture another safety. And you go up to the line and you're just kind of smiling, you know, and you're just like, this play is going to be a big gainer, right? So that's something that you have to look into uh, understanding coverages, right? So we talked about, <laughs> we talked how many times about the Chiefs game, right? They were just coming at them. They were basically just playing man blitz and just make a play, kid, right? So when you have that, that goes into the matchups. You have to find the guy that has the best matchup, and you have to exploit that. And then you have to be able to manipulate the defense, right? They talk all the time about how quarterbacks look off safeties to get one-on-one opportunities. And this is where I really, really wanted to talk about the deep ball with Christian Watson because that is going to be a key. The offense started looking good last year after Watson started being healthy and he was able Uh to stretch the defense. There's there's something to be said for that. So – if we can run some play action and we can get some deep shots, he can manipulate a safety, move him over. Uh, he's he's hitting Luke Musgrave or or Jaden Reed or whoever, right, o- over the middle, 10, God. 15 yards in the middle all day. And then all of a sudden – and then you just give me give me one over the top to Christian Watson. I mean, Rodgers had Watson wide open in a game against Detroit last year, and he missed him. Yep. So those deep shots are clearly there. LaFleur still has this, the correct scheme. And if Love runs it the way that, that it's supposed to – you know, everybody goes to the Philly game. And, and by the way, think about the two times that he came into a game, right? He started against the Chiefs, obviously. Tough place to play. Philadelphia, tough place to play. I think it'll be a little relaxing for him to play a Lambo in front of his own fans for a change, don't you? Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I got some bears. If you had to pick two stadiums to, like, not play in to start your career, I think Kansas City and Philly would be pretty high on the Kansas list. City, Philly, Probably both in the top Seattle. five. Probably Seattle would be up yeah, there. Seattle would be up there too. I always put Philly because I just think that those guys are just ruthless, man. Um, Philly, they are, those people are just they're rowdy, they're, they're crazy, man. I can't even go to a game up there though. It's not they take it too far. No, I said you can't. You can, if you 
you oh. like if you go there, you should not wear any of your like you should not go there wearing Packers gear. I'm gonna say if you're an Eagles fan, suck my D. That's what I'm gonna. That's the jersey I'm gonna wear. We'll see if I make it back home. <laughs> oh, it was nice knowing you, Jake. Yeah, <laughs> nice for me. sure. Do not go into the bathrooms. That's all. I'll say. Uh, I'll hold it. <laughs> all right. So I wanted them to hold it. <laughs> does Does anybody else have anything else they want to say on Jordan Love's development? I mean, all of these things, these twelve things that we brought up. In addition to everything that Mike Spofford and Andy Herman and John from Lombardi Time Brews had to contribute, which we appreciate them taking the time to do. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to say, throw out there? I mean, we're going to talk about these more during the season as they come up and as appropriate. But is there anything else you guys want to throw out there before we switch to the fun part? Yeah, yeah I got so I'll, I'll go ahead, Simon. Oh, so I, I just got one last thing that um, – and maybe this might maybe not be the year to look at it depending on your expectations. But I think pocket manipulation, I mean, Roger was so good at it. And I, I would love to see, uh, I, would, <laughs> I would love to see Jordan be able to, you know, step up in the pocket in the right time or take off between the tackle and the guard at the right time. Because love, the good, the good thing about love too is like, as Rogers obviously got older, his athleticism kind of waned a little bit. So it's going to be nice to have like a young, younger, spryer quarterback. And I know Love doesn't exactly have the top speed, but he he does have that athleticism to him. Mm-hmm. So getting out of the pocket, and if the edge rusher pushes too far up, and he finds a seam in between the guard and the tackle, and him get out of the pocket that way, or step up in the pocket and still have that clean pocket. I, so I'm gonna be looking a little bit for that. Maybe not necessarily for our show, but I think it'd be a, it's a good thing to watch for him to be able to watch his offensive line block for him and make the right decision with his feet. I mean, Jordan or um, Josh Allen is a similar size yeah. guy that's not overly speedy, but he does have the athleticism. So I mean, it's there's a, a similar body type out there who does it well. Josh Allen also just runs motherfuckers over too. So. <laughs> I don't want Jordan. I love me some Josh Allen. I do. So I just wanted to reiterate, like, for everyone, because every you know how fans are, they're gonna lose their mind when the mistakes are made. It's this is. I just want to. There was gonna be mistakes, but if mm-hmm. the big thing is, how often do those mistakes continue to repeat themselves? look for rep- repetition on the mistakes. If you start start to see them less and less and less and less, that's what we're looking for this season. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, it, are they learning? Point. They're going to all have to learn together, right? Yep. So it's not – none of us – I don't. we're not counting them out, but none of us have Super Bowl expectations this year. We all have expectations that we're just going to look for improvement, and these rookies and the second-year and third-year players are all going to take a step or at least show, you know, the – the cream is going to rise to the top and then we're going to know the even more of the core of our team. And we're just going to continue to develop from that. Mm-hmm. So just be patient with it. Yeah. That's and a good point. That's a lot too. for me to say, cause you guys know how I turned into a different human being during the game. But the thing is go ahead and be that person during the game, but give yourself a half an hour just to come down from whatever happened in that game. And then before you go on social media, <laughs> like take, take about take some time to do some yes. critical thinking after the game, I think is what Brian's trying to say. Exactly. And that's that's what we would ask for is, is some critical thinking and not letting not letting the knee jerk reactions or the emotional reactions take over. 
I, I like rewatching the game. I mean, maybe like a day or two later, because you already know the result, so sure. you can you can start paying attention to how they got to the result. Sure, yep. that's that's fair. Alrighty, you guys ready to you guys ready for some nostalgia? This is what oh, this yeah. is what turned into with with Jake and I doing this a couple weeks ago was yeah. like remembering some of the guys that came up during these discussions. Mm-hmm. So we are drafting our favorite Packers by jersey oh, number. So we're doing this in sections. We're going to go 0 through 9, 10 through 19, 20 through 29, 30 through 39, then 40 through 59, 60 through 79, 80 through 89, and then 90 plus. So we're going to start 0 through 99. Uh, I didn't pick yeah, an order to go in. So yep. zero, zero, zero through nine. We're going to pick yeah. two players, zero through 99. Yes. <laughs> yep, that's it. Yep. This will be a quick, yep. quick segment. Only eight players in the history of the entire Packers. <laughs> um, I didn't pick an order to go from, you know, like who's going to go first, second, third, fourth, but uh, – Okay, you guys can do whatever you want. I get the 60 through 79 part. (laughs) Why? You know why. (laughs) No. No, I want them. (laughs) All right. You guys want to just do it that way? Just go by the camera pictures? Yeah. Yeah, And then snake it back. We'll keep rotating. Uh, Cody said, pardon the interruption. Burns finished the game with 13 strikeouts, two hits, and zero in runs in six innings. Yeah, that was just relax. Oh, we 13 have strikeouts in six innings. Okay, 13. You guys should trade him, Tyler. Yeah, we should. <laughs> you, remember, you remember that chick that said we should walk Joey Votto? He's yeah. had zero hits, zero times on base since she said walk him. Ooh. Dumbass. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Is that on Twitter? It's a long story. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So zero through nine. I'm gonna go first on this one. This is actually a really stacked group, so I actually kind of. Yeah, I don't want to go so far as to say that I regret going first, but number one, I'm gonna go with number one, the man who the stadium is named after. I'm gonna go with Curly Lambo. Yeah. Awesome pick. How I can mean, you? How can you not? Yeah. <laughs> I would have also taken him first. Yeah. All right, Jake. Go ahead. Well, I gotta take my birthday, buddy. Uh, the the most points in Packers history, Mason Crosby. That's a good. That's a good one. All right, Bryant, number three. I mean, I can't. I gotta take Brett Favre, right? Like, I get it that he's going through some stuff right now, but how much joy and pain <laughs> did he give us over you know those twenty something years? Just the the watching him and everything, it was amazing. So for me, a, my, a lot of my picks are people I actually watch played, unless they're very historic, like Curly Lambeau. Yeah, so, that, but yeah, a, I gotta go with Brett Favre. Mine too. Mine are the same. All righty, Simon. You're up. All right. Oh, God, I got some good ones. Damn. Uh, I'll take Paul Horning. Uh, I think yeah. he's just – he's a he's a legend, and he's, like, one of the faces of the franchise. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's what I was going to go with if you pick somebody else. Um, I'm tempted to go with a recent guy, but I'm not going to. I'm going to take Don Magikowski. Damn it. That was good. <laughs> If you say his name and you don't picture the Magic Man poster, like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, that alone is worth him being in my picks. I I considered taking him because I I just, (laughs) I love the mullet. I love the the poster. Uh, Everyone should bring that back. Like, right now, you should bring that back. (laughs) I met him down in Atlanta. He did like a Packers Everywhere thing. That's awesome. Him, Dorsey Levins, and I forget who the last guy was. That's pretty cool. All righty, Jake. Make your second pick. 
These guys are taking all the guys off the board here. I'm going to go with two kickers, I guess. I'll go uh, Ryan yeah. Longwell. Oh, another kicker. All right. This might be early on. I think I'm next, right? Yep, yes. you're next. This might be early on, but Christian Watson. Like, he was in like, for my pick. I won't like, just watching him play last year. And he's from North Dakota. He played at North Dakota State. So, even though I hate North Dakota State University. But um, he's just such a fun, fun player to watch already. And I'm very excited to see what he can do. I don't hate it. Uh, Greg, no, I don't think anybody's picking Tony Mandarich. <laughs> the funny thing is, I put him on my list as a joke. That's- oh god! <laughs> now I know why you wanted to go first for sixty through seventy nine. Yeah, <laughs> to pick number seventy seven. Yep. All righty, Simon. Yeah. Wrap up zero through nine. I'm picking Quay Walker. I Quay Walker. I, I like love him. that people are just like shitting on him this off season for the way last season ended, and I have really high hopes for him. So I, I'm I'm hoping he can take a step forward and correct his. I guess disciplinary issues, and then also just like make better decisions on the field. So I'm I'm really I'm really high on Quay Walker this year. Fun fact: My dad, we had we had a wheel with questions at our event. My dad said that Quay Walker is most underrated player on the team because, because of how the media is painting him. He said he showed the ability to cover the pass. He showed the ability to run sides on the sideline. Yep. He's not afraid to tackle people behind the line of scrimmage. My dad knows a th- thing or two. He's the one that predicted Jordan Love being Has drafted. He seen a, a thing or two. He's he's been around a while. He's an old dinosaur. <laughs> Greg said Quay Walker was last year's best rookie linebacker by a good margin. Just needs to mature. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yep, totally I fair. 100% agree with that. Yep. All righty, ten through nineteen. Jake, you get to pick first this time. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, easy. Next. <laughs> All right, Brian, you're up. Fine, I'll go part star. Yeah, easy one. A, yeah. All right, Simon, you're up. I'm taking Devontae. You fucking son of a slut. I wanted to get to All right. This is going to be cool because I'm glad this is going to work out this way. But I got the guy they named the stadium after. Now I'm going the guy they named the practice field after. So give me Don Hudson. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm happy that the board fell this way because I wanted to say it's Randall Cobb again. It's Randall Cobb. Thank you. Cobb again. <laughs> I got Cobb and Rogers. I'm chilling, dude. All right. Well, how about this? I'll go with two quarterbacks. How about a little? Give me a little bit of Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. Oh Is that where I thought you were going when you said quarterback? <laughs> you say Lynn Dickey, dude. That's what I thought. Uh, was Lynn Dickey would have a good one too. All right. Um, I'll take Lazard. I love Alan Lazard. I think undrafted, he he came in clutch a couple times last year. I mean, the play against the Dolphins last year just yeah. justifies. Dude, that was so awesome. The now he's in their he division, was dude. Fine for that after the game, and then got yeah. rescinded. Is hilarious, right? <laughs> uh, it's a good pick. Um, this fuck it. I'll take Lynn Dickey. I'm not that way. Yeah. Hey, he could have been in here twice. He was number ten and number twelve. So I do actually have that written next to his name. I do have him written as ten and twelve. Yeah. I, the, so there are a couple players I was considering for other numbers, and then I just I just wrote down the one that they played in longest. Yeah. Yeah. Curly Lambo also wore number yeah. fourteen, but I wasn't going to yeah. pick him twice. Yeah. Although I did pick Johnny Davis twice when Jake and I did our Badgers draft. You oh, did. Nice. You did, and it's okay because Johnny Davis was awesome. It was yeah. an awesome moment to remember that. So it was. That's that's what this is about. It's about reliving the nostalgia. Cody said the '80s will be super hard. I mean, it'll be super seven, fun. 
the 80s are gonna be the 80s are stacked the 80 yeah the 80s is gonna be loaded dude (laughs) all righty so 20 through 29 brian's gonna have to go first this time okay i could go the easy one but and i think the person i actually want to draft will be there but i don't want to risk it because i just for whatever reason i love this player but i'm gonna go atari bigby Oh, he's on my list. I love that. What in the name of random? I I love the target pick. One overall. I love that. What a pull. All right, Simon. I'm going Woodson. You can't not go. I love Charles Woodson. Yep, that's the easy one. Goat. Um, I'm going to go Jair Alexander. My first pick. Good one. In the 20s. I wanted one of them. I wanted one of those two people. Um, Jake, there are so many good guys. And I know, I know, good ones. Yep. I'm gonna go. Uh, you know what? Since Brian went random, I'm gonna I'm gonna go random and kind of new guy too. I'm gonna go Keyshawn Nixon. Oh yeah. All right. So this is another player that's kind of random. Played for us a couple of years, but I really enjoy. And he had some big gains for us. Running back. Can anyone guess it? Uh, is it Ryan Grant. Ryan Grant. Ooh, I have my list too. Yeah, I love to. I, I always see him it was him in the snow game against seattle right yeah. just running down a whole yeah. bunch so yeah i just loved I him that. as a player that's a good pick that's a very good pick Steady. all right all right so i got a, I got a good one it's completely random and it's only name based does anyone know completely random only name based those are our only hints yeah those are the worst hints of, the, of all i have okay, okay. I, I got another one he wore he wore the number 22. Hmm. I have a couple guys that I have written with number twenty-two next to their names. I don't have a single twenty-two written down. Aaron Rutkowski. Aaron Rutkowski. I I just love him for his name. It's so stupid, but I love him for fumbling in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, yeah, mute button. That's mute button. Tony (laughs) Reality. I'm so mad right now. That's it. That's it. You could have had him in the 33rd round of this draft. It doesn't matter. Worth it. <laughs> Worth it. All right. You left me a super easy one. I'm going to take Dorsey Levins. Yeah, I, I had him written down too. I love him. All right. I know that uh, he got disrespected at the end of his tenure, but he was a damn good player in the last rookie of the year for the Green Bay Packers, so I'm going Eddie Lacy. Yep. There you go. I wanted to draft Will Blackman because he was actually a dope punt returner. They, um, what, I, had, I had Willie Wood on this list as oh, well. He was an eight-time Pro Bowler from the Packers. I had Casey Hayward written down as well. Mm, I like it. That's a good one. You should have taken that over Rakowski. You ah, fuck it. I just <laughs> like He just went full send. He just said fuck it. Yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Clearly. Few, few beers deep, I'm in. Clearly. <laughs> All righty. So now Simon gets to go first for 30 through 39. This will be interesting. This is a really oh, good one. God, this is a good one, too. Very yeah. underrated. I'm going to go Amon Green. Amon <sighs> Green. He's number one on my list also. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, man. That gives me the second pick. I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Al Harris. Damn. That's how he make one. it next back to That's, me. Yeah. <laughs> I love Al Harris. Yeah. That's a good pick. Yeah. We're going to um, take the ball and we're going to score. Yeah, every that's the only thing you can think of. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Shut up, shut up, Cody. I'm gonna delete your comments and so nobody else sees what, it. What do you say? Nothing. Yeah. He didn't say anything. Yeah, th- he's one of the guys that I'm looking at that I don't know who I want. But 
I guess I'll just go with Cody's pick. I'll take I'll take Leroy Butler, ah. a guy that I met, I had breakfast with. That was awesome. He's a really great guy, by the way. Great pick, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Yeah, give me, little, yeah, give me a little bit. Of, give me a little bit of Tremont Williamson. Ooh, yeah, Tremont Williamson. Oh my God, I'll take some Tremont. Wow, that's he's not even on my list. That's a good pick. He's in my margins. Hmm. All right, Simon, back to you. There's still some good ones left. There's a lot of good ones left. Thirty is were good. Uh, I'm gonna take Nick Collins. I, I think oh, the God what if boy in the comments yeah. just sniping all the picks. No, I swear I, I didn't gonna, look. I, 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 he, said it, he said it like he typed it in like the same time that you said it. So he <laughs> right, on it. I'm going nice. to block you from the page just for this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, that's tough because now i got a couple guys that I'd be really happy with. No, you're good, Cody. I'm just giving you shit, dude. Um, I'm going to go – okay, so this was when this question was asked on Saturday, who is the Packers' most underrated player. I hold firm that it is this guy, and it's Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones yeah. is the most underrated player on the Green Bay Packers. Cody, it's just put just yourself crazy. on like a 10 second delay. It's crazy because he's he's easily, I guess, like a top five player on the Packers. Oh, easily. Easily. I I mean he doesn't get the NFL recognition, but uh, fans give him the recognition. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so this one is all based off of Simon taking a fullback. I'm gonna take William Henderson. Yes. So I can pull on really green. I like it. <laughs> All right, well, I'll go running back to you, and it's just because I love his attitude, and I wish he was still on our team, but I'll go Jamal Williams. Ah, that's a good one. Um, Jim Taylor was also yeah. in consideration for him. Sam Shields. Um, Sam Edgar Bennett. Yeah, Edgar Bennett. And I just want to throw this name out because it's going to give people some nostalgia. Sam Congato? Sam Congato. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Love that guy. <laughs> Love what a it. time to be alive. Sam Congato, dude. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> I'm glad Brian was picking up what I'm putting down. I love it. <laughs> okay, so when we originally planned this, we were going to do 40 through 49 and then 50 through 79, but we changed it up a little bit, and we're doing 40 through 59, which completely changes my strategy on this. Got but it. I am glad that I get the first pick here because number one through for 40 through 59, I'm going to go with Clay Matthews. Very good pick. Good one. Very good pick. Uh, it's my pick. Oh God, this does change everything. Now we got oh shit. I'm falling apart. I'm falling apart here. So much for Jake. He's just like fuck my laptop. You drinking over there too, or what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm thinking here. All right. I think I'm gonna take uh, John Coon, Cody. I'm gonna. That was a good one too. I'm gonna take uh, Nick Barnett. (laughs) Damn it! It's a good pick. Yeah, that is a good pick. I mean, already Brian. Okay, so there's a lot that I like here. Yeah. You said Nick Barnett. I'll take Morgan Burnett. Ah, that's a very underrated one. I have him as well. All right, Simon, who's your first one? I'm gonna take Julius Peppers. I Ooh, I know he yeah. didn't he didn't have like a huge stint with us, but nope. he's okay. such a great player. Remember, yeah. he had two pick sixes in the same yep. season, dude. Yep. <laughs> yeah, at the age of like 37. <laughs> Okay, so I have to complete the trifecta of the fields. So I have Lambeau, I have Hudson. Now I got to get Ray Nitschke. I got to yeah. complete the trio, the triangle of the fields. 
So give me Ray Nitschke. I thought Ray Nitschke wore 66. He wore 66. He, oh, I have him, damn it. I thought so for some Tyler wants Ray Nitschke. I thought I had 56. Dude, look at how look at how tiny my freaking margins are. Like oh, yeah, there was no book. Yeah, yeah, Jake knows I write tiny. All right, let I me know. pivot. Let me pivot. Uh, let me go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I have okay. So I have a recent guy, and I have a a, a fun name to say. I think I'm going. I'm going to say it, but I think I know what it is. But I also want to choose him. All right, fine. I'll take the most recent. I'll take the the recent guy. I'll leave the fun name guy out. I'll take Rashawn Gary. That's a good pick. Yeah, I'm trading my 240 through 50s for a 60. <laughs> I for some I have my writing so tiny that my fives and sixes start to blend together. Okay, so I'm gonna try to be nice to Simon. Hopefully, he says the guy, and I don't regret this. But I'll take James Starks right now. Oh, you got that was my next. Oh, pick. sorry, man. Oh my god, I was trying to be nice to Simon. I had him, no, no, I had him written down too. That was yeah, nice. yeah, I, I just love the Super Bowl well. run with him, like 400 something yards that playoff run. Yeah, he yeah. was nuts. Okay, so this is a guy that I like more so for what he has done after football, and that would be Larry McCarron. Larry McCarron. Because just I love his rock report and everything like that. So, yeah, I'll go with Larry McCarron. So I don't know if this is who you guys are thinking of now that you're getting fucking excited. I'll take Niall Diggs. Oh, oh okay. that wasn't it, but that's a freaking good one, dude. I, I, like, I, I like have him written down. I liked him a lot. The fun name that I had to say was Brady Papinga. Oh, oh, that's a that's good one. Good. That's a good one too. I was going. I had AJ Hawk written down as well. I Even though AJ he Hawk was like, down. yeah, he didn't list. He didn't live up to his five overall. I think he had he a solid still a very player. solid and player. He, he's board. a cool dude too. And I like what he's doing afterwards, yeah. kind of like literally with that as well. So nobody um, had Mike Flanagan. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Uh, Cody Clay Matthews was my first pick. I had the first pick in this set, so I took Clay Matthews first. Um, I also wrote down Frank Winters, number fifty-two. Okay. All right. Go ahead and seventy-nine. Go ahead. Jake gets the pick first. Yeah. Go ahead. I won't take him. I'll be nice. I'll see. I'll see. I'll see a Brian. Oh, I'm hundred percent taking him if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Big sixty-nine. How can you not? Right. I I actually like this group a lot too. Yeah. So, um, I was going to be mean right here, but I'm not going to just it'd be funny. <laughs> uh, well, go ahead and give me Aaron Catman. Ah, you suck. Ah, I was yeah, he was going on my to race too. Yeah. That's, That's good. a good one. Uh, I'll take, uh, Jerry Kramer. That's a very good one. Uh, okay. Now I'm going I was going to take, take him. Just now I'm going to take Ray <laughs> Now I'm going to take Ray Nitschke and complete my field triangle. There you go. Um, Cody's got two for the next round. All right. I have two guys, and I love both of them. I don't know who to take. I'm going to go Mike Daniels. I I love Mike Daniels. I love Big Mike, dude. I have my Xbox as a friend, dude. (laughs) That's awesome. I'll I'll uh, I'll go ahead and take Brian Balaga, Iowa. (laughs) 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 
I like that like, two-minute video of him doing that. Yeah. You just hear him so like hear him say that so many times. You're just convinced that Bulaga is his middle name at this point. <laughs> too good. Too good. All righty, Simon, back to you. Oh, there's some good ones left. Uh, I'll take Colin Jenkins. Oh, that was my other guy. Good pick. That was my other guy. Oh, all right. I got two guys. One's a little more recent than the other one, but I'm going to take number 76. I'll take Chad Clifton. Oh, good one. one. Freaking Chad Clifton. <laughs> Hell yeah. I also wanted to take Ryan Pickett just because of that Super Bowl. I, I, I have Ryan Pickett on my list, too. I, that was the other one I was debating on. Yeah. Oh, now this is the this is the best group. This, this and Brian gets to go first. What the hell yeah. is happening? Here? I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of players I love. I really, obviously, it's wide receivers, right? You love all the wide receivers that are making big plays. There's a huge amount of players here, but one of my favorite, most consistent players was always Donald Driver. So I'll go ahead and take Donald Driver. I just loved him. So there's literally no wrong answers. In I this cannot game. be more happy that he won a Super Bowl his last season. Like, yeah, second last. Oh, did he play next year? Okay. Yeah, and he was all. Did he have the? Was that his final year? That play versus San Francisco, where no, he was... went fucking beast mode. That might have been the year we won the Super Bowl. Actually, I can't remember what year that. That was probably his best play of the career. And that, that was one of the best plays stupid. in Packers history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that play was so good. So, all right. Uh, Cody I'll brought take... up one former guy, one guy for the last round, also Forrest Craig. That's a good pick as well. Yeah, yeah that's a good pick too. Okay, I'll tell you Simon, who's your first guy? Sterling Sharp. Sterling Sharp, great pick. Um, I'm gonna go. Future Hall of Famer, Sterling Sharp. Um, okay, ever let him in? I'm gonna go Jordan Nelson, and then I will be right back. Uh, I hate you. He's okay. he's, he's a semifinalist this year. He is. Is Long he? Time. Hopefully, yeah. they finally let him in. Him and uh, who's the old coach? Holmgren. I think it has a lot to do with his brother finally. Like, dude, this dude was saying that talking about how his, Shannon was is a way better player than him. And that he's the second best sharp in the, you know, in the, in the family. During his Hall of Fame speech. Yep. Yeah. But he's talked about it, I think, on well, when he used to be on first take before, uh, I, or not first take, uh, whatever the hell that first. Was. It was first. Yeah, before first. Skip blew that. And now Andy has a podcast, so he gets a lot of views on the podcast. Yeah. Um. Does he? I didn't know he did his own podcast. His podcast. Did you see good. Sherman is supposed to take his spot? Whose spot? Richard Sherman? Yeah, Richard Sherman's supposed oh, to take. That's going to uh, last Skip about two spot. minutes. Or, uh, Richard yeah, Sherman and Skip Bayless are going to sit down and talk to each other? Yep. yep. About sports? Yep. I do not want to hear Richard Sherman's opinion on baseball or basketball. What the fuck? Also, <laughs> I just think that's a fucking poor combination. but It's horrible. I, I think Skip Bayless is the worst. So anything with Skip he, Bayless. He's, he's fucking terrible. He's easily the worst i got a tight end here uh he was my favorite player for a long time and i know a lot of people gave him some flack but i'm going jermichael finley yeah that's a good one. Good oh one. yeah i had him on my list too this so, is a long list like the 80s were good. Really oh yeah good i i had to put 90s on the other side because i had so many fucking 80s dude <laughs> so many 80s dude. so um there's a couple players i like here one of them also like jermichael finley gets a lot of Kind of flag that I'm thinking about, but um, yeah, I'll go with him. I'll go with Greg Jennings because yeah. if without him, we don't win the Super Bowl. Okay. Yep. I mean, there's that so play many where plays. He gets fucking yeah. walloped. Ooh. Yeah. 
we don't win the Super Bowl without that play. There's yeah. an overtime play in Denver. I think that was still yeah. a carve. Like, there's a lot of just a lot of great plays that he made. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, you can be upset with his opinions or what he had to say about Aaron and all that stuff, but he was a great player. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. I, side note, since we're waiting for Tyler anyway, real quick, it's I, I'm really interested to watch this uh, this year of hard knocks and see how Aaron actually interacts with people and stuff like that. That's gonna be interesting. Uh, you see, he threw I, a fit about it already too. I mean, I didn't see what he said. who honestly wants to be on fucking hard knocks though? Yeah, I don't think but, anybody does. I think yeah. it's really funny with. The well, I guess really the, don't want it. I guess I heard the Lions wanted it again, but they didn't give it to him. The Lions Something wanted like that. it again. I thought, or they were talking about possibly putting really? it on him again. So I, I mean, I, I guess like, so who who ends up making that decision, right? Is it so like the owner or the? Yeah, the NFL tells them like, and the only there's only four teams eligible this year, and the Jets. Like, let's all be honest. We talked about this before. It was going to be the Jets all along. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, was, Once they got rocked, it, it Chicago said yeah. no to it. As well, yeah. Well, and all of them said no, but yeah, they might. The Packers might be on it. I've never been on it. There's a chance they'll be on it next year. It's it's just the playoffs two years in a row. It's yeah, yeah, and not a new head coach. Yep. So that'll uh, that'll be pretty crazy. I'm cool with Jennings again. To be honest with you, Jennings caught a lot of big time passes for the Packers. You brought up the one in Denver. He brought he caught uh, Favre's uh, 420th touchdown or 420 or 421. I forgot which one it was. Go go back Uh, and. Go back and watch the Super Bowl when he's talking to Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. Yep. Like, they're dropping this route. They're dropping this route. Yep, and he threw a corner route. Was... Yeah, the clutch touchdown right there to him in the corner. I think, Simon, you're up next here with the 80s. Yeah, I was just kind of – I mean, I was kind of just letting shit roll since we're waiting on Tyler anyways. Um, you, you could pick and we'll just discuss. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking because there's, there's so many good ones. Uh, I'll take Antonio Freeman. He did. Well. Oh, that's not literally who I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say the line. He did what? Yeah, <laughs> that was. He's he's number three on my list. Yeah, it's fun. Um, he's in last year, or was it last year we met him? Or no, it was two years ago, man. Oh, okay. Wait, yeah, it was two. Years, no, fuck, two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm perfect back. timing. Right. I did. So it. Tyler, I, to catch you up, I took Jermichael Finley, uh, Bryant took Greg Jennings, and then we had Antonio Freeman drafted by Simon. So you're telling me that James Lofton is still available? I I had him. I was considering it. Yeah. All right, I'll take James Lofton. He's you have to go back in the record books, but he's one of the best wide receivers yeah. in NFL history. Yeah, but, what he did in that era is insane. Yeah. <sighs> I have three people. One of them is not like considered really a wide receiver. All right. Ah, all right. I'm just gonna go with uh, Hoodie James Jones. Yeah, a good pick. I love it. It was oh, a monster. Yeah. Um, I also had I had Jeff Janis on my list. I couldn't like I had to have him on the list, even if I didn't pick him, just because of like <laughs> just the memories of those yeah. couple plays. Um, and you then I had that with like someone like Frank. Richard Rogers and stuff too. Um, I was gonna I put Bubble Frank Franks on the list. Yeah, it's the king of the I one yard touchdown, him. baby. So I I also had Andre Risen, Max McGee, mm. Robert Brooks, and Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, what about legend for being drunk at the Super Bowl? The only one I had left was Brandon Bostic. Is that still in here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what about uh, what about Geronimo Allison? Oh hell yeah! Oh Geronimo! His Geronimo. tweets, bro. His tweets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about. 
<laughs> I forgot about those. That's like, I wow. think I was driving back from a game that me and you went with, and I was texting you laughing about them. <laughs> um, Cody said, "If only Abradaris had panned out, that would have been that would have been a good one. He would have been all time Packers. Yeah, from Wisconsin, went to Wisconsin, Green Bay. Yeah, yeah he would have yeah. been all time Wisconsin boy, dude. True, he had a chance. Yeah, he did have the chance. All right, but Bill Schroeder, he played softball with our dads, Tyler. Yeah, he used to play yeah. in Sheboygan. Yeah. All right, last one." 90 through 99. 90s were so good, too. There is a lot of good I ones. Love there the really 90s. is. All righty. Simon, you get to go first for this one. I'm glad this worked out evenly. It's Reggie White. Reggie White. Yeah. Great pick. I literally um, hope I get... you sleep like shit, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I will. That's the funny part. Okay. <laughs> so I got to go. I got to go number 90. Give me BJ Raji. Yes, sir. Also a very solid pick. I just think of his uh, dance in the NFC Championship. (laughs) You know what? So, okay. Little really fun, awkward story. But, like, my wife doesn't really, really pay attention to the Packers. Like, she's happy if they win because then, you know, like, I'll be in a better mood or whatever. But, like, she doesn't, like, really watch the games or pay attention. Yeah. But she remembers BJ Raji's pick six because Hell she remembers yeah. him dancing in the end zone. Hell yeah. So like anytime also, I'm like, name a Packer, she's like BJ Raji. Like that's that's the first thing that comes to mind because that's like her core memory of of a Packers player. I also like the ongoing joke of like Aaron Nagler, where it's like bring back oh, yeah. BJ Raji. Yeah. <laughs> Even, Even though it's like, like a year or two early. Yeah. Not like, uh, not like he did a Chris Borland still, where he only played still, one season and then retired. I still right. make the joke every year. I don't care. <laughs> I, I mean, how many people could bring back 36 year old Clay Matthews last year? Oh, yeah. yeah. Still, oh, still going. Yeah. All righty, Jake. Who's your first 90 through 99? Kabir Baja oh. Biamila. Damn it. I, I love you. it. I call my dad Faja Biamila. <laughs> All right. So, Bryant, who is your first one? I guess I better go with – this is tough because there's two I really like here, and I know one of them's not making them back. But I'll go with Gilbert Brown. That's a good oh, one. Great, yeah. dude. That's a good yeah. one. That is. A I pick, I just, like, imagine just, like, the gigantic shoulder pads that the yeah. dude had. He's 400 pounds with a visor, dude. You don't get more swag than that. Yeah, exactly. His, <laughs> his, his riz was strong. Dude, he's literally every graded Madden running back. <laughs> Plus grade bigger? How can you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, that was Cody's. What do you say? He said, that, he said Bryant got mine, so he was thinking Gilbert Brown. Yeah. All right. All right, back to Simon. So he didn't have, like, a super long tenure. But early 2000s, Cletus Hunt. Oh, Cletus. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Cletus Hunt. What a name. Yeah. Cletus uh, Hunt? Cletus. No, Cletus. Cletus. Okay. Cletus. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Cletus. Adidas. Whatever. His nickname was Big Block or Nuke. That's nice. Uh, that's All right. Place. I got to go with a fun name to say. Give me number 97. Give me Johnny Jolly. Yep. Wow. Oh. I had him on my list, too. Yes. If we ever need some Cody, and he's the guy, huh? All right. I'm going to go with a 97 as well. I'm going with Big Kenny Clark. Kenny yeah, Clark. Very good him. for me. Um, all right. Well, this is someone that's been on our team for the last several years. He's, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down. But I love his consistency, and, you know, he didn't get kind of 
swayed by his Smith brother. So I'll give me Preston Smith. Right, Ooh, that's good. a good one. I like it. I like that. Love me some Preston Smith. All righty, Tim, you caught us just as we're wrapping up. This was fun to bring up some names. Um, you know, like um, I'm totally drawing a blank on his first Tari name. Bigby. Now. Let's go. Sam Congato. <laughs> Sam Congato was a great name to bring up. Uh, you know, toss out names like Geronimo Allison and remember James Starks and yeah. um, Bubba Franks and there's others we didn't Chad Clifton, so many we didn't dude. About. Yeah, hell yeah, I didn't think yeah. during the segment I was near Chad Clifton. Clifton. Um, so this was a lot of fun. He was a rock, man. I love Chad. If, if you Jenkins, didn't get to watch this live, uh, we talked obviously yeah. about all the Jordan Love aspects that we're going to be watching for for his development in the season, and then we did all of our drafting our Packers names um, by the jersey numbers. Uh, Cody threw out Mark Tauscher. Jake almost picked him Ooh, in the Packers draft. Also, yeah. I did. Um, he was a Badger and a Packer. Yeah. So this was this was fun. Like I enjoyed doing this. Um, we'll try to come up. I'm sure we'll come up with more ideas for for doing some fun draft stuff like this. Jay Cutler. Tomorrow. He was a Packers player. Cody said Jay Cutler. It's <laughs> a good one. He, one of the best quarterbacks <laughs> in Packers history for sure. <laughs> um, so so this was fun to do. Uh, Jake and I did Bucks Brewers and Badgers a couple weeks ago. If you want to check that one out, that one was a good time. Also, uh, Simon Bryant, appreciate you guys hopping on to this. And we will be back in two weeks. Uh, definitely tune in two weeks from now because that'll be our stat projection episode. That one is sure to be full of some really fun stuff and really fun discussions. So, For sure. All righty. Well, we'll see you guys in two weeks then. Jake, I will see you on Wednesday. Oh, we're going to talk about a series win versus the Reds. Can't wait. Yes, sir. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.